Parashat Noah. The Pasuk says, after Hashem told Noah that he's going to bring a mabul, a flood, to destroy the world, and he told them to build a teva, to build an ark, so he could save himself and his family. And he gave him all the instructions of how to do it. So the Pasuk says, Vayas Noah, and Noah did, Kechol Asher Tziva Eoto Elohim. According, he did it exactly as Hashem commanded him. Wonderful. Ken Asa. That's how he did it. Obviously, the word Ken Asa doesn't have any value really it says how, how much more clear good morning Sam how much more clear can a pasuk be when it says Vayas Noah and Noah did kechol like all that Hashem commanded him what is the purpose of saying ken asa and that's how he did it he did it so that seems to be totally unnecessary. It's nothing, not adding anything. You have an answer, Shavi? Yeah, redundant. What do you have to say for? What's Ken Asa? He did everything and he did it. There's a Gemara that says that a person who walks by a store that's selling non-kosher and he smells the food he sees the way it looks he should say or feel I wish I could eat this it looks awesome me and you would have said probably the opposite that if a person sees non-kosher he should say ugh I'm disgusted by it. But Hazal say, no, that's not the right attitude. The right attitude is, I wish I could eat it. It looks so good. But what can I do? Hashem said, don't eat it. So I can't eat it. This example is not only by Kashrut. That's the example they give. But it's an example throughout life that a true, authentic Jew is a person who does things lishma. Lishma means you do it purely for the right reason. What is the right reason? I mean, every, by the way, everyone is pure for something. Question is, what are you pure for? Everybody's got a, a reason why they do something. But the right reason, when we, what we call lishma, is that you do it for one reason only, and that's because Hashem said. Because Hashem told you. He's your creator. You owe Him your life, obviously. You owe him tremendous amount of hakarat atov. 
and he told you to do something. And you do it because he told you. Done. That's called lishma. A person, by the way, side point, a person who does things lishma is a very powerful person. Hashem created in this world a power called lishma. Meet what I mean he created. It means that he created in this natural world that when someone is doing something lishma, he becomes unstoppable. And even if the lishma is for bad things, that's what I mean, he put it in the nature. When I say Hashem put it in the nature, I mean, that's how the world runs, the same way gravity works for a rasha, the same way as it works for a tzaddik. The same way if, you, if a rasha cooks an egg, nature works and it cooks the same way for a tzaddik. Nature doesn't differentiate between a tzaddik and a rasha. That's the way Hashem made the world of free choice. So when I say you put on the nature, it means it's part of the existence of every human. When you do something for a pure reason, you become a powerful person. That whatever you're doing, the success rate and the ability to really see fruit from your labor is going to go on a much higher level. Anything you do. That's why when Hashem told Am Yisrael to build the Mishkan or the Beta Mikdash, everything has to be done lishma, which means let's say they find a beautiful stone that somebody took from the mountain and made it gorgeous, the most beautiful stone on the planet, and they want to use it in the building of the Beta Mikdash, they're not allowed to use it. They have to use a stone that whoever cut it from the mountain and chiseled it was all done for the purpose of that mitzvah. My, me and you would say, what's the difference? It's a stone. Who cares? Answer is, in the natural world, there is something called lishma. It's not the same stone. You may think it's the same stone. It's not. When you do a lishma, it puts something in what you're doing that makes it much more powerful. Pure, pure, what, what does it mean? Again, I say lishma means pure. Pure means you do it because Hashem said. When they gave money to the building of the Mishkan, it says, right? Lishmi. Pasuk says, I'll read it for you. Daber el Yisrael teruma. What's ve'yikhuli? They should take from me. What's for me? Not for him. They should take money to build a mishkan. What's yikhuli? Hazal say lishmi. When they give money for the mishkan, they shouldn't be thinking, oh, if I give money, I'm going to make more money. It's a great place to invest your charity. You're going to get double back. All those things could be true. But that's not why you should give. The mishkan could only be built with lishma, when you do it because it's the right thing to do. How powerful is lishma? We find by Bil'am, Bil'am Arasha, 
he received guests from Balak, the king of Moab. Balak told them, I got a problem. I got the Jewish problem here. They're coming close to my neighborhood. I'm scared of them. I need your help to destroy them. So Bil'am tells them, listen, I can't, uh, I can't do whatever I want. I got to consult with the, with the Borei Olam. I got to consult with Hashem. Let me see what he tells me. He says, why don't you sleep here tonight? And uh, tomorrow, I'll be able to give you the answer. The Pasuk says that Hashem came to Bil'am that night and he told him, who are these people that uh, came to visit you? So Bil'am says, listen, they came. The king of the king, Balak, sent to me. He says he's afraid of this nation. He makes it sound as though they are. There's a nation that left Egypt. He makes himself very innocent. It's a nation that left Egypt. The nation happens to be Am Yisrael. The nation that Hashem gave them the Torah and Harsinat. He doesn't say that. Fine. Just come. Come curse him because he's uh, a danger to my nation. Vayomer, listen to these words. Vayomer Elohim El Bil'am. Hashem tells Bil'am, Lo telech imayim. You cannot go with them. You cannot curse this nation. It's already been blessed. One pasuk, done. The conversation is over. Bil'am gets up in the morning and he tells these ministers that Balak sent, listen, just go back home. Hashem refused to allow me to do what you want. I'm sorry. I apologize. I can't do it. Nice. You see, even Bil'am Arasha had, uh, had in his, at least in his eyes, he's, does the right, he only does the right things. Anyway, they sent back a new group to come convince him. They sent him more uh, high, higher ups in the government. They offered him more compensation. They, gave, they said, we'll give you more money. We'll give you it. So, what's the answer after they come back? He told them, look, you know, I told you I can't do anything if God doesn't let me. So, why don't you sleep again here tonight? And I'll tell you tomorrow what, what I get. It says again, Hashem came to Bil'am that night and he says to him, look at these words, If these men are calling for you, go with them. What does that mean? They're calling for you. They're always calling for him. That's what they came the first time to. What's im? What did Hashem think they were coming for the first time? He told them, they want me to come and curse. What does it mean? Im If they're calling for you, so go with them. Says Rashi, shalom. what does it mean if they're calling for you? Isn't that the subject all along? That's all they're doing is calling for him. There's no other dealings that they have between each other except they want him to go curse. There's nothing else. Oh. Says Rashi, shalom. If they're coming for you, 
Meaning, if the calling is for you, and you're going to make money for this? He said, if you're going to make money here, you can go. And, but make sure you do what I tell you, but you can go. So obviously, you read this Rashim, it doesn't make sense. Since when are you allowed to do things because you're making money? Sounds like, a, like an S1. Really, you're not supposed to do it, but... Oh, but you're making money. Oh, fine. Uh, obviously, if you're making money, you're allowed to do it. Right, you've heard that before, no? You know it's not right, but... Business is business. I love it. Exactly. You know what that means, right? Business is business. Okay, but you know what? The creator is not uh, is not that way. If if Bil'am is not supposed to go, since when is making money a reason to go? If it's not allowed, it's not allowed. How did money become part of the hashbon of this of the decision? That's what Hashem tells him. Oh, you're going for money? Go, go make money. What is he? His agent? He's uh, he's helping him uh, land a a a. a a good contract? What, what's going on here? So Rabbi Shwab, Allah Shalom, this is a beautiful, beautiful, what a powerful, I can't tell you how powerful this explanation is. I know when something is powerful, when it stays in your life, at least for me, since I heard this years ago, it, I can't think of, I don't know a day, but a week for sure, can't go by without thinking of this. Says Rav Shwab, when Bil'am came the first time, there was no money involved. They came to him because they wanted to curse the Jewish people. They didn't offer him anything. They didn't even send very high-level ministers. There was no kavod involved. Balak had a problem, which was Am Yisrael. And guess what? Bil'am also hated them. So when Balak came to Bil'am, Bil'am says, of course, great, I'm all in. God told him, you're all in, you can't go. You're a dangerous person, I can't stop you. Of course, Hashem could do whatever He wants. But Hashem created the world. And the world runs with nature. Hashem says, you want to go? You can't go. You're not allowed to go. Because if he would go purely because he believes that's the right thing to do, if he's going to go, Lishma, he believes that these people need to be wiped out, right or wrong, that's what he believes. If you fully believe in what you're doing, if you're doing for pure reasons, you are unstoppable. I cannot stop you. So therefore, you can't go. This time when they sent him more Hashuv people, they gave him money, offers, all types. Hashem says, oh, im lecha. He said, you're making money from this? If you're making money from this, then your power is not so pure, not so strong because you're not so pure. He said, you go with them. Just ma- make sure that what I tell you, you follow. Why didn't he tell him that the first time? 
Because the first time God can't make him follow anything. Because a man, a person who is doing something with pure motivation, if you believe in what you're doing and you do it right according to what you believe, then you become unstoppable in the natural world. Again, I say for good or for bad, because it's a natural part of creation. People who are lishma are very powerful in whatever they do. And the way to make a person less powerful is to start having other reasons why he does what he does. Whatever you do in life, if you're doing it for the right reason, Hashem is going to help you or forget Hashem. The world's going to help you. person has such a concept in his eye, in his mind, it changes a lot of things in his life. Anything they're involved in, whether it's leadership roles, whether it's a rabbi, whether it's leading his home, whether it's leading a Bet Knesset, whatever it is that you're involved in, if you stay focused on the goal and what you need to accomplish, you will be unstoppable. The only thing that can make you stoppable is when you start to go into other areas. All of a sudden, kavod, now, oh, now you want honor. Used to be pure, now it's no longer pure. Now it's about money. Now it's about other things. All of a sudden, the world has a way of derailing even the pure person. You should know, many, many people who started pure in something and wanted only to be pure, the world has a way of derailing you. Kavod very, very often tastes so sweet that without realizing, after a few times, hey, a rabbi gets up to speak. Ready? Want to hear an example? Live example. Rabbi gets up to speak. His goal is lishma. I have a pure goal. I have an agenda. Don't think rabbis don't have an agenda. They do. There's an agenda. Everyone's got an agenda. People sit. sit one, one guy one time asked me. He said, I'm scared. I'm scared of the rabbis. I feel they have an agenda. And they do. Of course they have an agenda. But what, what, since when do you go into a meeting without an agenda? But you got to be a hamor to live without an agenda. Of course you have an agenda. The question is, what's your agenda? The agenda of a rabbi is supposed to be to teach people, to give them clarity, to give them strength, that they should do what's right for them. So here's a rabbi, he's pure, has a clear agenda, the right agenda. After he speaks the first time, people got very excited, he spoke so nice. Guy comes over, rabbi, give me a hand, give me a hand. Kisses his hand. Another guy hugs him. Another guy tells him, rabbi, that was the greatest thing I ever heard in my life. So beautiful, so awesome. 
The rabbi goes home on the way home. His mind is full of happiness. Now, it should be full of happiness because he gave something and Hashem would be proud of what he's doing. He did something right and he should feel happy about that. But unfortunately, sometimes kavod is very sweet and included in his good feelings about what he did, he's also loving the attention. He loves the respect. They're kissing his hand, they're hugging him, they're talking about it. You understand? Now the next time he sits down to give a class, now the first time he spoke, it's pure. He has an agenda, try to help these people get somewhere. But the next time he sits, He's thinking, okay, I got to make sure this time also they tell me it's a great speech. Now, instead of having one guy kiss my hand, I need three guys to kiss my hand. So now all of a sudden, when I start to talk, it's the same subject. I have the same agenda, but since a little bit of non-kosher agenda entered, I become less pure. When you become less pure, you lose your koa, your power. You're not the same person. Doesn't mean you're a failure. Just means your strength has been diminished. You become lower. And as you get more and more and more derailed from your purity, at some point, you lose so much strength, you'll never remember what you used to look like years before. This is the way of the world. People who have side agendas usually did not start that way. They usually started pure. But the world has a way of just taking you off the path. You have to know that. Here you are. You got into a, you built a Bet Knesset or you're involved in a committee. It's a beautiful thing to help people. In the beginning, why'd you do it? Pure. You want to help people. You feel you can contribute in expanding the Bet Knesset, bringing more people to the Bet Knesset, bringing people to pray, having better tefillot, having more Torah. God is beautiful. You're done. Which other person would want to go into this business if not a pure person? It's a headache. What are you here for? No, no. What do you mean? I want to help people. And all of a sudden you're in it. You have a disagreement with a guy in the committee. All of a sudden, it becomes a battle. Then it gets personal. Three years later, you forgot totally why you started. Three years later, it's all about ego. It's about what you want. Has nothing to do with the people or what you started. It's a fact of life. Not, this is not a dream world. In anything you do in your life, you start right. But very, very quickly, without, if you don't catch yourself, you go off the derech. And that's why, because it's very powerful to stay on the derech. The Yetzirah is, is very strong in this area. And no matter what a person does, he should always keep in mind what his agenda is, what he's trying to achieve, what is correct and what's not correct. When you have a clear agenda and you stay the course, you become an unstoppable person.
Hopefully you're doing good things and you'll be unstoppable in good things. But it's a power that Hashem made. No matter what you do, you go into your home and you have an agenda that's pure in building your home, building your marriage, building your children. You're very powerful. Anything you do with a pure agenda, you will have tremendous koah in being able to accomplish. That's why Bil'am, Hashem told him you could go this time. The pasuk over here is focused on that. We said, Vayas Noah. Noah did everything God told him. Well, of course he's going to do what God told him. What's God telling him? I'm destroying the world and I'm going to save you. Why do you think Noah made the tibah? To save his life. To save his family. What would you do to save your family's life? It says the pasuk, Noah did everything that Hashem told him. Ken asa. He did it because God told him. He didn't do it because of the benefit that he will get from it. He will get benefits, but that's not why he did it. He did it, that, that's very hard. When you do things that you know there's a benefit. Actually, actually, Hazal tell us the greater you become as a Eved Hashem, the greater you are, the Yetzirah will become also greater. One of the ways the Yetzirah becomes greater is that the greater you are, the more you enjoy your connection to Hashem. And the more you understand the value of what you're doing. Here's a guy who never learned in his life. He sits down the first day to learn. He doesn't like it. He doesn't know what it's all about. He doesn't know the real value of it. Why is he sitting? You know why he's sitting? Because Hashem said, a guy who learns in the beginning is for sure Hashem Shamaim. But then what happens? He gets greater. Starts to enjoy it. Oh, I love learning. Get greater. Oh, I see the value of learning. Oh my goodness, I see what learning Torah has done to my family. I see what it's doing to other people's families. You know what's happening as you get greater? You start to appreciate what you're doing, which is beautiful. But what happens? You become no longer lishma. Now you start learning because you love it. God tells you why you're learning. I love learning. Sadly, a great answer. Oh, yeah, I love learning. Why are you learning? Oh, you don't know what learning does for my family. You have no idea. Our midot change, our thing change. I learn, it makes me smarter. All those things are true. Why are you learning? Also true. As you get greater, you enjoy more, you understand the value, both in the short and the long term. Great. You became a great person. But that becomes much harder to be an authentic person. Because as you have more enjoyment and more value and more understanding, it's very hard to do it because Hashem said, you're not learning anymore because Hashem said. You're learning because you love it. So your power in your learning diminishes. 
unless you stay focused. A guy gives charity because he knows Hashem will pay you back many times over. He knows it's a guarantee. He believes it. He knows it. Very hard to be Hashem Shamaimi giving charity. If you know you're getting back more than you gave. Very hard. When we say you have to be Lishma, it doesn't mean you have to be ignorant of the value. Or you have to be ignorant of what you're going to get out of it. Not saying that. But why are you doing it? You have to catch yourself. A guy who always who eats kosher and sees hazir in the window, he's not excited by that. But he's still hazal telling him, you still have to walk and say, I am doing it not because I don't like it. I am doing it even if I would like it. It doesn't make a difference. I'm doing it because Hashem said, that's a very, very powerful way to live life. Stay focused. Do mitzvot. You know, unfortunately, not everything we do is perfect. But at least the things that we do, make them powerful. You come to pray, somebody asks you, why do you come to pray? Ah, it's, a, it's to have a relationship with Hashem. That's not why you pray. You pray because Hashem told you to pray. That's why you pray. In that tefillah, you'll create a much more powerful relationship because you're doing because Hashem said. Why do you keep Shabbat? Ask anybody right now in the community. Why do you keep Shabbat? Ah, Shabbat is beautiful. My family, my sleep, shul, Torah, classes. Beautiful. Shabbat is beautiful. That's how American rabbis talk. When American rabbis talk, they never say, do it because God said it. Because people don't care so much about what God said. The American people only care about money and pleasures. It's all they care about. So you have to speak their language. So therefore, a rabbi in this country to get up and tell people, listen guys, keep Shabbat because Hashem said. They, they don't understand what that means. So it's not possible to speak to them a real language and therefore it's a waste of time. So you have to talk to them something they can understand. Shabbat is beautiful. It is beautiful. Living a life of Torah is beautiful. Learning every day is beautiful. It really is beautiful. But in, a, in, a, in an authentic world, you don't say that. You don't say come to learn because it's beautiful. You don't say keep Shabbat because you're going to love it. In an authentic world, you don't talk like that. Because you're ruining it for the person. When you keep Shabbat because Hashem said, it's a powerful Shabbat. And you could try it. If you walk into Shabbat and you honestly walk into it and say, this Shabbat, I'm doing it because Hashem told me. And I will follow because Hashem said. It's a different Shabbat. Totally different Shabbat. It's a powerful Shabbat. It's very hard to explain if someone doesn't experience it. It's a different world in anything that you do. So in this country, we do have to speak about sweetness. We do have to speak about all the beautiful things. We have to, and because they're true. 
but that really diminishes the power. But we have to talk first to get people in. Aiki has a beautiful question. David Amir talks about how much he loved the Torah, how much he enjoyed the Torah, how beneficial is the Torah. The Torah is my advisor. Let me tell you a little of an interesting twist. You're not going to understand it when I say it, but you'll understand it. You ready? If you're not enjoying being an Eved Hashem, that's a sign that you're not Lishma. Because when you do a Lishma, you will enjoy it even more. It's interesting. If you do something, if you keep Shabbat to enjoy it, you may enjoy it. But if you keep Shabbat because Hashem says, your enjoyment will be at a much higher level. If you learn Torah to enjoy it, you may enjoy, you may not. But if you learn Torah because Hashem said, you will enjoy much more. So in fact, one of the measurements of Lishma is how much you enjoy it, believe it or not. To do it for the enjoyment, you lost it. But when you enjoy it, it's a sign of Lishma. This is why David Miller talks about how much he enjoys. Because in reality, it is very enjoyable to live a life with Lishma. The re- when I say powerful, that's what I mean. Powerful means what you do just has so much more meaning. If you enjoy it on a level of one, when you sit to learn, to enjoy, what is Lishma, you enjoy it ten. Everything becomes a higher enjoyment when it is Lishma. So that's the answer to Haiki's question. And that's what we see in Noah. Noah, even though here, He had plenty of good reason to make the teva. Plenty of good reason. Saving his life. What could be better than that? Ken Asa. He did it. Why? Because Hashem told him. It's very hard. The greater the benefit, the more difficult it is to be Lishma. By the way, we see that also in next week's parasha. In next week's parasha, we see Hashem told Abraham Avinu, Lech Lecha, go. And he says, I'm going to make you a great nation. You're going to have a child there. You're going to have wealth. You're going to be very famous. I will bless those who bless you. Or I will curse those who curse you. Beautiful. What beautiful. Imagine I told you, I want you to move somewhere. And here you're going to... You're going to have all the money that you ever wanted. The child that you're waiting for. You know, you tell a couple today, who doesn't have a child? Tell them to live in China for a couple of years. They'll live for as long as you tell them if they can have a child. There. Abraham is waiting for a child for so many years. God tells him, you're going to be wealthy. You're going to have a child. And all the other things, beautiful. Hazal tell us, this is one of the tests 
of Abraham Avinu. What test is that? What kind of test is that? If someone tells you to go into a burning fire, that's a test. Someone tells you to go somewhere and you're going to see all the berachot that you want. What test is that? It's one of the tests of Abraham Avinu. Look, he left his home. He left his city. He left his people. Yeah, but they forgot to tell you why he left. He left God. God told him all these beautiful things. By the way, each one of these berachot, if we spent time on them, we would realize each one is so gorgeous. I'll make you a great nation. It means your whole future, your whole history. Legacy. Everything. What's the test? Listen to the next pasuk. You ready for this pasuk? And Avram went. Avram went like Hashem told him. What does that mean? He went like Hashem told him. He went. Of course, like Hashem told him. He just said, Lech lecha, and he went. Why else did he go? No. The test of Abraham was, I'm going to promise you every beautiful thing in the world. I'm telling you to go, and you're going to get all the pleasures that any human could want. I want you to go. Now you get up in the morning that day. Why are you going? You're going because of all the beautiful things you're about to get? Or you're going because Hashem told you? Pasuk says, he passed the test. He went, because Hashem told him. He didn't go because of all these brachot, all these blessings. It's very hard when you see the brachot, when God himself tells you the brachot, and you do it because Hashem told you. But that's one of that's the first test, or first test at least the one mentioned in the Torah. So therefore, person should keep in mind the tremendous power, the tremendous power of lishma. When you do something, especially as you get greater, especially as you get more understanding of the value, continue to be lishma in what you do. Like I said. Maybe you don't do everything perfect. But whatever you do, do a lishma. Pray lishma. Keep Shabbat lishma. Everything should be done lishma. You're about to go into your father and to your mother to visit. Say, I'm about to do a mitzvah that Hashem wants from me. Lishma. Become a more powerful visit. Try it. Before you go into your father, say, I'm about to fulfill the Ritzon Hashem wants me to honor my parents. Go in. Different visit. Lishma makes everything we do upgraded. That's what Torah is pointing out by Noah. Pasuk says that we know Hashem says the end of humanity on this earth, done. Ketz kol basar, it's over. Why? What did they do? Ki hamas. Oh. The earth was full of Hamas. What does it mean? The world is full of Hamas. What is Hamas? So Hamas means stealing. But listen to this Midrash. You have to know this Midrash. Says the Midrash. Ezehu Hamas. 
Ve'ezehu gezer. What's the difference if someone is stealing Hamas or he's stealing Gezel? Gezel is stealing in Hebrew. Hamas is also stealing. So when do you use the word Hamas and when do you use the word Gezel? Here it says that they were full of Hamas. Why is that different than stealing? Hear the question? Good question. Midrash. Midrash Rabbah. You'll never in your lifetime dream of the answer. You ready for this? Hamas, when a person steals Hamas, he steals very little. Peruta is like the first denomination of value that means something. Call it a dollar. Call it a 10 cents, whatever it is. A person who steals less than shave peruta. Let's say if dollar would be the minimum value that's valuable to somebody. Steal less than a dollar. Maybe a penny. Depends. Gezel shave peruta. Wait, so, so which one's worse? Hamas, you would think is worse. But Hamas, actually, you steal less. And Gezel, you steal more. So what? why is Hamas? Sounds like here that Hashem says, okay, if they were stealing, if it was Gezel, okay. If they were robbing banks, fine. But you know what they were doing? Hamas. What, what is that? What's worse than robbing banks? They were stealing Less than a pruta. What does that mean? What kind of midrash is this? Are you understand what's going on here? This midrash is impossible to understand. Because the Torah is trying to tell you how bad they are. But it turns out that Hamas is not so bad at all. They only stole less than a pruta. Continues the midrash. That's what they were doing. They would see a guy who has a box full of turmusim, some sort of uh, beans. One, one guy would come, take one bean. One guy takes, he makes sure, doesn't take a pruta. He makes sure he's very makpit, very careful. He only takes enough to be less than a pruta. Another guy comes, Takes another pruta. He says, Good. There's no way he can't take a guy to court for less than a pruta. It's not, it's not valuable enough. Unbelievable. What's Hamas? Less than a pruta. Unbelievable. What is behind all this? Why is less than a pruta? Worse than robbing a bank. That's, that's what you learn. Guy robs a bank. He's better than a guy who steals. How could that make sense? What's the logic to that? Let me tell you the logic. You know a guy who steals less than a pruta. He doesn't feel like he's doing anything bad. That guy 
has no chance of making teshuva. A world that's stealing and robbing banks, they're not doing so well. But there's no loss of hope. It's not a world that you need to destroy. Because one day their conscience will wake up. One day they'll realize and they'll make teshuva. But a person who's stealing less than a pruta, he will never make teshuva. Because in his eyes, it's not so bad. Not a big deal. Did the, sh- the world was destroyed because of people who felt it's no big deal. You know how relevant that is to all of us? Guy does. Guy gives charity. Did you pray this morning? No, I give charity. What? No, no, I'm very involved in helping people. And... But did you pray this morning? I give charity. You understand? He did not pray this morning. He gave charity. But why are you doing that on Shabbat? I, I went to shul this morning. I stayed for class also. Well, what does that have to do with anything? You understand what's going on here? Do you know how many of things that we do that is less than Shaveh Peruta in our eyes? Because Baruch Hashem, you know, we pray sometimes. Guy tells you, Yo, your Amida was 35 seconds. Like, what? What are you doing? I come to shul. What are you talking about? I want to tell you something. This is my heart. My heart tells me. Our people, I can't speak for every Jew. I don't know every Jew. But our people come from a very holy place, a very holy city. And I believe that our people have this problem. Because we do so much good, we really do a lot of good. We're not so off. We're not like disconnected. We do a lot of good. We help people. We basically keep Shabbat. You heard that? We, yeah, mostly we basically keep it. We basically pray. We basically keep kosher. I mean, it's not that bad. I mean, look at the good that we do. The first thing you'll ask somebody who's doing something wrong. So what? So everything I do is not good? No, no, no. That's not, that wasn't what I told you. But the automatic mindset that we have as people is that when we're doing good, we don't see that what we're not doing is so bad. When someone feels they're not good, one day they can make the shuvah. But a person in the mindset of like, what do you mean I do a lot of good? He'll never make the shuvah. He'll never. He will keep that basic Shabbat for the rest of his life and feel not even an ounce of guilt. He'll never even realize that he's not keeping Shabbat. He doesn't realize that even one thing is a problem because 
for him it's pahot mishave peruta. It's not a shave peruta. It's not worth that much because look how much I am accomplishing. Look at how much I'm doing. So on one hand, our community is beautiful because we do so much. On the other hand, it's very hard to find Baalet Teshuvah in our community. You go to Israel, you see Baal Teshuvah. The guy had tattoos. He had earrings. He had all types of things. Then you see him became the Gadol Ador. But by us, it's very hard to get to that. So on one hand, it's beautiful. On one hand, it's beautiful that Baruch Hashem, we all are connected. And that's something we should be proud of. It's a beautiful thing. But we must know the danger of being connected. That once you're connected, now you have every excuse in the book why you don't have to do anything else. And you'll never make Teshuvah. Because as you're reading the Biduan Kippur, you say, yeah, it's true. Yeah, it's true. Every, every Biduan becomes a negotiation with yourself. Okay, okay. That, that's how we live. You have to know. That's how SYs live. SYs live in this manner. They have the good part. They have the bad part. They try not to see the bad. They see the good. Everything. Again, it's beautiful in one way. Because look at what we have. And we have to continue with that beauty. And tolerate that beauty. It really is beautiful. I really mean that. But on the other end, everything beautiful is also could have a danger. And this is our danger. But it comes at a cost and a price. And we have to take the beauty and not pay the price at the same time. On this note, I'll just finish off with a beautiful Midrash. I once mentioned this Midrash. So if you heard it once before, listen to it again as if you didn't hear it. Says Rabbi Tanhum, the way the way they talk is so beautiful. But you really have to like work on it. But it's so eloquent. So deep. Says the Midrash. Yesh kelavim beromi. There are dogs in Rome. It's good to know. These dogs. Sheyodeim leishtadel leparnasatam beokmah. They know how to make parnasat with wisdom. Yeah, these dogs. Special dogs, they make parnasah like other dogs, but they do it behokmah. Ech, says the Midrash. Now, what do they do? Holech veyoshev akelet vashuk. He goes to the shuk. He sees a baker over there. Guy's baking fresh bread. He has piles and piles of fresh bread. He waits. Can't go in. The guy is up working. He stands outside. Sits down. Starts to fall asleep, closes his eyes, the dog makes believe like he's sleeping. All of a sudden, the baker, not worried about the dog, the dog is sleeping, Baruch Hashem, he's sleeping. So the baker gets involved, whatever he's doing. As the baker turns around, the dog shoots and he takes a whole box of bread, hundreds of pieces of bread, and he drags them away. Oh, the baker, he hears all this noise in the other room. He says, what happened? He says, Now the baker sees, what does he do? 
He runs after the dog, your rotten dog. He runs after him, running after him, running. He's all angry. He's all upset. He's working for hours. The guy takes all, takes all his bread. Finally, he catches to the dog and he grabs the box from him. Grabs. Goes, says the Midrash. Counts the, he counts the breads. He sees one, two, two, three, ten, twenty, thirty, fifty, hundred, two hundred. He's Baruch Hashem. They're all back. Two hundred, only missing one. Baruch Hashem. Good. He only took one bread. It's good. That's the end of the Midrash. Now, you read this Midrash on a regular Tuesday. He said, what, what do they want? What is it? Crazy? What, what are they telling a story about dogs of Rome? What, what is this for? You know how powerful this Midrash is? The Midrash is telling you who's the dogs of Rome. It's about the Yetzirah. The Yetzirah is the dog of Rome. This dog, he gets parnasan bechokmah. What is chokmah, this dog? You know, if you steal from somebody and the guy's mad that you stole from him, the next time, he'll make sure you don't steal because he's mad. But this dog is such a hacham. He steals from you and he makes you feel like a winner. The guy walks away saying, I got him. I got him. I got him all back. Okay, I'm missing one. He destroys you one loaf at a time and each time you think you won. If he would just come in, if he wasn't a hacham, what would he do? He'd come in and he'd take one. But if he took one, the baker says, you got a rotten dog, you took my bread. But nowadays you took 200 and you got them all back, you feel great. He does his work with wisdom. That's the dog of Rome. And that's one of the Yetzirah lines. The Yetzirah makes you feel you're doing good. Right? Yeah. A guy, a guy is, a, a guy is a, for example, the guy didn't wake up to pray today. All of a sudden, you see him praying with Kavana. Guys who wake up very late and they miss Minyan, they miss Shema, everything. They miss everything. Now they own pray, put the Tal over their head, and it's a 50 minute Amidah. What's going on? What's going on? You feel terrible that you missed, but you're praying good. Look, look at the Amidah that you mean. All of a sudden, it becomes kosher. You have to know this is called Hamas. The Yetzirah's Hamas is to take from us every day less than a pruta. And with that, there's no hope for Teshuvah. That's why the world was destroyed. There's no hope of Teshuvah from a person who's stealing less than a pruta. Gentlemen, have a beautiful day.